Hello and welcome to this week's Bromsgrove and Droitwich Standard Podcast. I'm delighted to have a guest who I've wanted to get on for ages and he's here today. It's Alan Gormley from Bromsgrove Hockey Club and he's, his fame is he started walking hockey in Bromsgrove which has since gone worldwide. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Tristan. How are you? You all right? Yeah, very good, thank you. Now, it's very exciting. It's always been exciting from the start, hasn't it? And I'm just, I'm, we're so proud here at The Standard to, to be involved with you as well and to be promoting this because it's just been a, a phenomenon, really. Um, how did you first get the idea about walking hockey? Well, one of our ladies decided that she was going to have to retire from hockey because she was finding it too much. And she said, it's a pity there's not a walking football equivalent of hockey. Um, so I went away and thought about it, uh, did some research, and there wasn't one anywhere. So we invented it. That's brilliant, isn't it? That kind of light bulb moments. It was indeed, yes. So it started, how long, how long ago is that now? Cause it's been two and a half years now. It's flown by, hasn't it? It certainly has, yes. So I can't believe how far it's gone in such a short space of time. <laughs> so you set up a pilot version first and got people to come along. We did, yes. We set up a pilot. We had lots of advertising through your good selves. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, no, through the Bronze Grove Standard. Uh, we got BBC Hereford and Worcester involved as well. Yeah. Um, and I put lots of stuff out on social media, um, local schools that I work in as well. And we turned up, I was hoping to get maybe a dozen people, which would have been really happy. And we had 40 people turn up. So I was absolutely staggered. So there we are. And um, Imogen and Lorna from our team back in the day, they're not with us anymore. They've moved on to, uh, to other things. But they, they went down, didn't they, to give it a go? They did, yes. They had great fun. They really enjoyed it. So I hope it wasn't playing hockey that dis- made them no, decide no, to no, leave. No. Oh, I can't be doing this, all this journalism <laughs> stuff anymore. I'm going to go off into PR. No, we, we've, we've done all sorts. We've had, I mean, I've been on a load of police raids and, and, and um, chasing down boy races and stuff. And one of our other um, reporters, she was a, bee, a beekeeper for a day. Okay. She loved that. She didn't. She, she was a bit apprehensive, and then when she came back, she was well. She was buzzing. That's the joke <laughs> I always use. Yeah. But, uh, but no, she literally was. But back to uh, walking hockey. So yes, yeah, so you, you've got these forty people, and did it? I mean, because when you start something like that, obviously you got to think of the logistics as well, haven't you? And will it work? Are there tweaks we need to make? Because um, I mean, how do you? Is it, is it kind of the goodwill of the people that they don't suddenly start running and things? Or how do you ascertain that level that you're playing at? Um, it's very much trial and error. We, with the people that we had come along, we were fortunate that we did um, an amnesty at the club for shin pads and sticks. Yeah. So the people that came that hadn't got equipment could have equipment to play with. And we just basically tried it on a, a small pitch. We played lots of five-a-side games and we watched watch people what they did what they didn't do uh it tend to be self-regulating and that if somebody does run people aren't slow to let them know they should uh, be walking right, yeah. politely of course like when you make a fake call at the bingo that's and, the one and the old beers let you know <laughs> yeah um but yeah so so that's good and then from bromsgrove where, where did it go from there now did it um because it, it, it is now around the world isn't it it is yes uh, i had some uh so a sport, being a sports coach, I've got a network of coaches around the world. And there was one of them was over in Australia. Uh, he said, this sounds really great. Why don't you come over here? Because we're quite advanced in looking after older people. Um, so I spoke to local business, businesses, um, 
people from walking hockey, friends, family relations, and we managed to raise the money to go. Uh, before we'd gone, Dubai had expressed an interest, and that was on the way. Hockey New Zealand expressed an interest, and that wasn't too far. Once you've flown halfway around the world, it's no, yeah, <laughs> what's another three-hour flight? Just, just, just pop off there, yeah. Yeah, so we, we, we did our, our first experience of Dubai was playing hockey at 8 o'clock at night in 40 degrees heat and about 100% humidity, so that was interesting. But walking hockey was ideal for yeah, them, yeah, of course. Then we flew on to New Zealand and met the board of Hockey New Zealand, uh, spent a couple of days with them. They were very excited by it. And then we flew over to Australia, uh, saw the chap that I'd been linked with to start with. Um, while we were in the interim period between announcing it and doing it, we'd set some other areas up as well. So we flew from Brisbane up to Cairns and then from Cairns down to Melbourne where we were invited to meet the Chief Executive Officer of Hockey Australia. And he entertained us for a whole morning and was very excited and said, yep, we're going to have a go at this ourselves. So it was really going around the world more so than around the UK, wasn't it, at that time? Yeah, it was because we started quite slowly in yeah. the UK. But now we've got over 50 clubs that have had a go at walking hockey uh, in England. We've got them in Scotland, in Wales. Um, we've had people over from Ireland. We had one lady who's the development director of USA Field Hockey, and she flew over to the World Cup in 2017 down in London to, just to see walking hockey, and she liked it so much she took it back to the States. So walking field hockey. <laughs> yeah, walking field hockey. It doesn't do the way they call it field hockey. Yeah, thinking, no, it's, it's hockey it's and ice hockey. It's not hockey <laughs> and field hockey. The hockey was the one first, I think, wasn't it? And then you, you got ice hockey. So call it ice hockey and hockey, not yeah, hockey. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So it's gone to all these countries. Now, what about in, in the UK? Have, have we got, like, leagues and competitions set up and things? Because surely that's the next stage. Yeah, it? that's the next stage. What we've done, uh, there have been several tournaments organised, but we organise them on a festival basis rather than a tournament basis because we want to keep it quite friendly. And obviously when people are playing a sport that's new, we're still evolving the rules. Yeah. Um, people play different ways in different areas. We've got a standard set of rules, but as far as I'm concerned, if people are walking and playing hockey... That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no, I agree. I was just saying, thinking like ahead. Um, obviously, as well, you'll need to set up um, walking hockey referee um, qualifications, won't you? <laughs> if you, if you go down that route. Yeah, that's I right. I guess it'll, be up into, it'll yeah. have to be refereed in a different or way. Umpires, as we call umpires, them. Sorry, umpires. So, walking hockey's got to this point now. So, two and a half years. I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, imagine drawing a globe or having a globe there and you just got the little dot with Bromsgrove to start with and then you have to do this a computer generated one and you see it spread across the world and it's just it's bringing people together it's keeping people fit and it's also you know bringing a lot of joy to people it is and I think that's been the most rewarding part the fact it's gone around the world is is great but the fact it's brought so much happiness to people um, we've had people who've got very, very serious illnesses who've come along and said, it's changed my life. And really, that one person made the whole thing worthwhile. It's just incredible. And it's like you say, the first step is stepping outside your front door. And then the next step is obviously 
onto the pitch, isn't it? And they're, they're doing it. And it's, I suppose it's the social thing as well, isn't it, with a lot of these things as well. You get to meet people because if people are sitting at home in isolation, they're not going to have a great quality of life, are they? So, and, and it can boost your mood. It's good for your mental health as well as your physical well-being. Um, and then obviously you can live longer if you, if you, the longer you maintain your independence, keep your joints supple. I mean, it's just got so many benefits. It's got a whole, a whole raft of benefits for, for everybody, really. And it's not exclusively for older people as well we get um moms and dads bring their teenage children along because they haven't got baby care so we let children join in as well uh we've got people who are in their 40s who had to give up playing running sports due to injury yeah they come along they join in as well so it it really is just absolutely everyone It's, it's it's amazing so the walking hockey's now getting established you knowing you you like a good challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so you came up with this idea of trying some other sports and making Bromsgrove a, a centre of excellence for walking sports. Yes. And the first seeds of, are being sowed, aren't they, the next couple of weeks? Because you've got daytime walking hockey sessions, 10.30 till 11.30 every Thursday from next week. That's the 24th of October. And then you've got walking football sessions. Walking football, my father-in-law plays it uh, in Northfield, but it hasn't yet been available in, in, in Bromsgrove, has it? From what I understand, there have been one or two attempts at making it work, but um, they've fallen by the wayside. So I got in touch with the Worcestershire FA and said, look, can you give us some support to get this going? And I spoke to the Bromsgrove and Redditch Council too. Uh, the FA have been brilliant. They put stuff on their website and we've been to meetings and things. The Bromsgrove and Redditch Council have bought us balls, bibs and cones to play with because being a hockey player, I haven't got that kind of thing. No. <laughs> I've got to learn to use my feet now. Jumpers uh, for goalposts. <laughs> jumpers for goalposts. We do indeed. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to start that and we've been fortunate through through you actually helping us to get in touch with Bromsgrove Sporting, uh, some mm. main football club um, probably one of our strongest football clubs in, in Worcestershire now, they're going to come along to the first session and we're looking at doing partnerships. We've been speaking to the local sports centre. They're looking at doing things like dementia workshops for people and body composition tests all thrown in for free as part of the walking sports yeah. package, it's just which is phenomenal. phenomenal. It is phenomenal, isn't it? And so walking football, um, I'll, I'll just before I forget... <laughs> I'll let you know when those sessions are. It's the 22nd, so it's this Tuesday. Um, it's 10.30 to 11.30 every Tuesday um, from, um, from from this one coming. And, um, yeah, so Bromsgrove Sporting, a good community club. And I think they, when I spoke to them, they said they had tried it themselves before, but they didn't really have the uptake. But with your kind of network and the publication of, obviously, our paper and website and stuff, hopefully we'll, we'll get walking football because it has taken off in other areas. So there's no reason why it shouldn't take off here, um, apart from the fact everyone's obsessed with walking hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm only joking. No. Um, so, uh, so, so, yeah, so walking football. Um, so we've got that. And then there's more developments as well. Walking basketball's been discussed, hasn't it? Where are we with that? Yeah, OK, well, we'll, uh, let's, let's, we'll start with walking tennis, first of all. Yep. Um, that hasn't really got established anywhere yet. No. There are little pockets of it around the country and different people seem to be playing it in different ways. Yeah. Uh, so I spoke to our local tennis coach, James Griffiths, at Bromsgrove Cricket, Hockey and Tennis Club. Yeah. And he's really keen. 
and then you kindly put me in touch with the Droitwich Lido Tennis Club. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's the Droitwich Tennis Club, and it's that they do the um, free Droitwich. Um, Let's play tennis in Droitwich's Lido Park. Yeah. Because we helped them with the campaign, you see. We helped them raise the 40 grand that they needed mm. to get the courts because the LTA at the time said, we'll buy your, your courts for you, but they've got to be locked. And they were like, no, we don't want them locked because we want people to be able to play tennis in Droitwich's bar whenever they want to. And they do a lot of um, visually impaired sessions as well. And that's what made me think of it and thought, I've got to put these in touch with Alan. And now they're on board as well. So it's, it's extending to Droitwich and walking tennis, which you look at, and you think, can that really be done? Because it's, you know, it's quite fast, isn't it? I know hockey's fast, but you could yeah. probably... I suppose, I suppose hockey you can probably measure your passes a bit more, and I suppose that's what you'd do with tennis, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, certainly with hockey, if you don't measure your passes, they go for miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so It's a long to, walk together, yeah, you get the, get the ball so back. You, you have to be, you have to, your positional sense has to be better, yeah. and your passing has to be better. And with tennis, we're looking at different ways of doing it, so we might... Uh, base it on some of the Paralympic rules. Yeah. So double bounces, for example, is uh, one right, thing yeah. with, a, with a softer ball. Uh, so you also, can't buy any Poundland balls then? Because if you no. ever bought a cheap tennis ball, you drop it on the floor, it just dies on the floor. Unless you stick so, yeah. a pin in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're also looking at, um, because it's exciting, because it's fairly new, we're looking at just playing till, if the ball's still bouncing, then you're entitled to play it back. Yeah. So we're going to give that a bash. And the guy that I've been speaking to, um, Neil Bates from Droitwich, he's very heavily involved in hockey partic- uh, sorry, tennis participation across Herefordshire and Worcestershire. So yeah. he's, he can see the potential for it growing yeah. right across the two counties. And Bromwich Grove Tennis Club as well, and Droitwich, they've got such a pedigree as well of, of like normal you know like you, the 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 normal ver- speed version of the sport they've got like champions coming up through the youth ranks and stuff so they're they're both really established clubs so if anyone can do that with your help it's it's, it's going to be them isn't it it is yeah so so that's the tennis that's that's great they've ticked the box i've got a meeting uh, next week with nick husbands um he's the chairman of the bromsgrove cricket hockey and tennis club but he is also like the lead figure in cricket so we're looking at yeah. doing walking cricket. Yeah. Which I've had some quite cynical comments back. Well, isn't that what they do anyway? <laughs> <laughs> which I couldn't possibly comment on. But I've seen it indoors. We went to yeah. a, a session where there were lots of sports on display. And it looks good fun. So we're going to have a bash at that as well. We've got walking basketball. John Miller, one of our local basketball coaches. Uh, we're meeting up soon. Yeah. He's keen to get that going. What about netball as well? Surely that would be... Yeah, it's funny you should say that. I'm speaking to a girl uh, called Lindsay from England Netball. She's responsible for Herefordshire and Worcestershire development. Uh, we're meeting up on the 5th of November to have a go at netball, so netball as well. as well. Yeah, so we've got... You just start racking your brains, don't you? Well, Thinking we've got hockey, football, tennis, basketball, netball, And like you cricket. say, there are some sports like bowls and stuff which are already walking and stuff. So. Yeah, and we've got... Um, you know, I'd like to get in touch with uh, someone for, through the rugby club too, because there walking are versions rugby. of rug, walking rugby now, which they tend to play a bit like tag rugby. Yeah. So that's really, you know, that's that's a cool opportunity. But I don't want to go too quickly. Yeah, no, no. I want to establish things step by step. So we'll start with with uh, hockey and with football in the daytime. Yeah. And consolidate those, 
Uh, then maybe look to evening sessions for people that can't get there in the day. Yeah. And then we're looking at a spring launch of tennis and cricket. And who knows what's going to happen beyond then? That is crazy, isn't it? It's just the way yeah. it's all developed. So, yeah, and also, of course, the football will be more romantic under the lights, won't it? Oh, of course. We've got, we've got um, Bromford Sporting um, to tell you about in a bit. They, they had a good result under the lights last they night. They did, 4-0. 4-0 against, mm. yeah. But we'll tell you more about that in the sport. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's just, you must pinch yourself sometimes. You must think... How has he got to this after this? And John Inverdale as well, we must mention. Yeah. Who, um, he's become a big fan and he's, he's launched his own Just Get Active and that's where you did the um, showcasing the other week. You were, you were asked, uh, 11 players, wasn't it, went down to, uh, yeah. to showcase. Um, so you, you've become like a, a walking sports guru. Yeah, I still find that kind of thing sits uneasily with me because I just a do modest walking sports <laughs> yeah. I just, but I, I do it because I love it yeah I, I, no I, I know you, know, no, I well you can see that in, in your passion yeah, and, and stuff. then um, what's really even more exciting is that I had a meeting with Steve Stephen Brewster who's the head of, or the CEO of Herefordshire and Worcestershire Sports Partnership um, they're on board and they've offered to help us uh, if we put any funding applications in put the right words down yeah, but also he can see that it could well become a, a Worcestershire sports walking sports organisation rather than just Bromsgrove if it works, and we will be one of the first because everywhere else that's doing multiple walking sports are based in leisure centres. Yeah, so to do it privately, if you like, and also uh, you've got the fresh air benefits, haven't you? Really, if you're playing it outdoors. Yeah, as much as possible, we want mm. to play outdoors. Obviously, basketball. Um, yeah. would, would need to be indoors. Netball, we could do. You have to build a Mooga. You know, one of those Moogas that you get yeah. in the party. You could, you could build a basketball Mooga. Yeah. That could be, that's another fundraising campaign to start. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you room at the uh, hockey, tennis, and cricket, and soon to be basketball um, club. <laughs> not, not really, no. We'd have to use the existing facilities. Oh, that's all right, no. But yeah, because that's another thing, isn't it? They say that exercising in cold weather is actually better for your mental well being as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So let's give some um, information out about how people can get in contact with you because that's going to be the uh, the thing. I think you're so your social media though it's so good as well. You get Thank so you. much on on Twitter and Facebook, and it always pings up. Alan Gormley's tagged you in a post and stuff, and everything. <laughs> and then, and then you see the walking hockey, and I think out of all the Bromsgrove posts on there, your um, walking sports posts must be among the most retweeted because they just get retweeted everywhere don't they they do i think that's having the network around the world people yeah. you know they'll they'll retweet it and they just love and it. they let me know when they've started something and we had some yeah. the other day another group in australia have started up um so they tagged us in it i got in touch with them so they're sending some videos over to put onto our website yeah it's fabulous it's brilliant so if you want to get in touch with alan you can email him um at Alan at sport-edge.co.uk. That's Alan at sport-edge.co.uk. Or you can call him on 0731-369-942. Don't worry if you didn't get those down because they're all on our website on the Walking Sports of Excellence um, Centre of Excellence story. 
Um, and also, you've got have you got um, Facebook and what's the best Facebook and Twitter if people want to yeah, follow so you and uh, like you and stuff? Right, if you look under Alan, Alan Gormley, yeah, generally, but also we've yeah. got a walking hockey page, yeah, which is on there. Is that called Bromsgrove Walking Hockey? Or? It's just called Walking just Hockey because we were the first, so we, we didn't need first, to put so the you name might as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the whole world, world's world. That's right. And we, well, we have um, a website too, which is walkinghockey.com. Yeah. Um, that's going to evolve into a walking sports yeah. website over time, but you know that's that's secondary to actually getting people out on the courts and out on the pitches and having fun. So I think we'll conclude by if there's someone here listening to this, sitting down, they do want to do more exercise, but you know that tentative step has not yet um, befouled them. What would you say to them? I'd say be bold and be brave. Um, I think. Getting out of your front door is the biggest problem for people. And certainly a lot of the players that we've had come along have said to me, look, I didn't know whether to come or not. I didn't know what I'd find when I got there. Um, several people are qu- quite isolated and lonely. And they've just taken things that's like the bull by the horns. Um, they've come down and they've met people and it's a great social group. We've got so many friendship groups have been formed. But if people are unsure, please give me a call and you know, I'll talk to you and try and make the transition from home to the pitch as easy as possible. Well, I think that's... When you have, whenever you do anything, whenever you take up things, I think, very often you do get six months down the line, you look back and you think, I wish I'd done that sooner. So don't be that person yeah. who wishes they'd done that sooner. Do that now. We've got the walking daytime walking hockey, 10.30 to 11 a.m. Um, every Thursday from October 24th. That's next Thursday. And the walking football, 10.30 to 11.30 every Tuesday from this Tuesday, which is October the um, 22nd. And there's loads more information out there. So make sure you get it and make sure you give these walking sports a go. And by more people taking them up, that's only going to boost Bromsgrove's bid to be the walking sports centre of excellence, isn't it? Indeed it is. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. Very enjoyable. You're listening to the Bromsgrove Standard Podcast because you have impeccable taste. And let's have a look at some other news now. Um, I've got Claire with me. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all good. It's just getting a bit um, it's a bit up in the air at the moment, the paper this week. Um, we've got some uh, sad news. There was a murder in Bromsgrove on Monday night. I saw on the website. Yeah, 10 um, o'clock, Humphrey Avenue in Charford. Um, we're still getting the details through, so obviously we'll have some updates on the web and in the paper this week. Um, but, yeah, very sad situation. Um, so, so, yeah, so we'll have more on that. I can't really say much more than that. More sad news as well. A man in his 70s was hit by a train in Droitwich on Saturday. Oh, no. Um, that was at Chawson. Um, again, we're, we're going to be getting more information on that, hopefully. Um, but, yeah. Um, how, so how do you find out these things, Tristan? Do people ring in? That or? one was on... Um, somebody messaged us on Facebook for that one and said, um, oh, there's delays in Droitwich. I think somebody's been hit by a train. And 
when I went on to the, this was on Saturday night. This was when I went on to the um, West Midlands Railway page. They just said it was closed. The line was closed for an emergency incident. So I put that up as like a kind of holding um, statement. Obviously, there would have been a lot of people using the rail network at that time who might have been wondering what was going on. So we put that up, and then it wasn't really till Monday that we got more details after I contacted the British Transport Police. Because um, although it's, it's kind of news is twenty four seven these days, but a lot of the press offices are primarily work Monday to Friday. Of so course. if something happens on a weekend, you're thinking, oh dear, I've got to wait till Monday to do that. Mm. We've got um, a story last week. I don't think we discussed it last week about the near miss outside. Chadsgrove School as well. Um, a child was nearly hit by a car on a crossing. Oh no! And there was a plea in last week's paper, and I just thought we'd, we'd talk about it because obviously we've got the um, clocks going back soon, so it's that time of year, isn't it? Has where that come round already? That'll be the last, it's the last Sunday in uh, October, isn't oh, it? Oh my goodness! So, it you, really so you get an extra hour in bed, but it's a small consolation no, for, I prefer, uh, I, especially with me with my cycling to Mark Green and back that I've been keeping up. So that's good. Yeah, it's like getting up in the middle of the um, night. So um, yeah, so just everybody, just just take it easy outside schools. You know, there's no need to be. I mean, obviously. The police are doing their best addressing parking outside schools and there's various measures in place. But just slow down because, you know, it, it only takes one one wrong move, doesn't it? And, and somebody's life could be ended or irreparably um, damaged forever. And kids are all told not to they run are, out, but often no, they do. They do, I, yeah. yeah and, you can't. I mean, sometimes as well. I mean, even myself in the morning, sometimes you're not completely with it once you've, uh, you know, yeah. till you've woken up, so you've had the 16th coffee. So, uh, so yeah. Can, so, we yeah. Have, can we have some good news, please? Some all, good news. Yeah. Well, we've got a, bit, a little bit of good news on the um, Amelia Hart front because she's a 15-year-old girl who's on the front of Bromsgrove last week and I believe she's on the Redditch podcast this week so what I'm going to do now I'm going to direct you if you want more information on this to listen to the Redditch podcast um because they live in Bordesley, but she goes to South Bromsgrove High, so it's a bit of a combined story for Bromsgrove and Redditch yeah um she's 15 she's got idiopathic uh, sclerosis sp- uh, spinal condition she's in a lot of pain but she remains upbeat and despite what she's going through she's an amazing footballer when we put the story out last week a lot of people were saying she's the best left left footed player I've ever seen but oh, when really? I was speaking to her mum my mum was saying oh she can play with both feet so we've got developments there um, she needs to, they need to her family needs to raise £81,000 so she can get treatment at St George's Hospital in London obviously very specialist treatment and I'll tell you what we didn't know last week, but we hadn't actually looked. Um, on the fundraising page, her spine literally is in an S shape. Yeah, yeah. And her mum was saying she can't believe how she can walk, let alone play football. And she's in constant pain. Yeah, as you say, her mum was just in to do the Redditch podcast and she was saying that she's poor things in constant pain. And there is treatment available on like the NHS but yeah. it's just having these titanium rods stuck and in it and it solidifies the and spine it solidifies. and it's going to prevent her growth as well exactly so. but this specialist treatment will be able to keep her happy and healthy and playing sport and doing all the things that she loves to do and grow like a normal person yeah. but also it's apparently really agonizing and it's at the moment it's already like constricting her lungs yeah so she can't breathe and very well and, lungs, yeah. oh, but they're nine thousand they were saying nine thousand pounds in they've raised but they need eighty one thousand to get this special yeah. treatment in a couple of months so they're up against it but what we were saying we'd love someone like robbie savage to come in and save the day or some yeah. amazing I mean, footballer there's, there's some or... footballers out there and she's a footballing person exactly. they're a footballing family so it'd be lovely if the football community could sort uh, sort something out absolutely um so that's that's really good 
Um, we're hopeful for that. We're going to keep plugging away. You will be seeing the stories on our websites and in our papers until that 81,000 pound is raised. Um, but as I say, yeah, if you want more information on this, obviously you can go on the website and donate via there. But if you want to hear more and you want to hear um, from um, Lisa, um, Amelia's mum, tune into the Reddish podcast. There we go, a bit of cross-promotion. Always good. Friday was a lovely day, not weather-wise, because we haven't had a lovely day weather-wise for as long as I can remember. It's all right today. It's all right today. Yeah, yeah some blue horrible. sky the out there. I'm looking. Oh, it was Monday night. I was at Rubri. I was at a meeting and uh, cycling home in the pouring rain. Oh. And my one light had gone on my hat. I've got another light on my bike, on my helmet. Um, and uh, I couldn't really see. And I was going down this drop curb. And I didn't notice this massive pool of water. Oh, no. And it just went, you know, like when you've got running shoes and they've got oh, mesh. No. This, this wave went over my feet and my, I had to dig out an old pair of trainers yesterday oh. to cycle because my other ones were still wet and the other ones are damp, but they're still, they're wearable now. Um, so I, I did that this morning. But Friday, yeah, Friday we went down to Droitwich. Um, there's the Droitwich Mural, which is the most amazing thing. You get two types is it, of... Is it on the library? It's on the... Um, no, I, it's on I the... Um, photo. Cafe Morso. Okay. Yeah. So it's one of them things that people probably walk past on a daily basis and then just just take it for granted. And then it fell into such a state of disrepair. Um, and then it was it was um, created in 1976, the year I was born. And um, the artist Philippa Treadful, who did it, um, she and her it was her and her husband I think at the time. Her and her son have done the revamp of it, so because they know obviously how it should look and everything, and it's actually a tactile one as well. So the buildings are raised, so if you're partially sighted or blind, you can feel the buildings. Mm. But then people were saying, "Well, hang on a minute, it's okay feeling the buildings, but you don't really know what you're feeling unless you've got somebody there to tell you, um, to tell you and what the buildings are." then there's not really much you can do. I've probably walked past it a thousand times. Is it just like a picture like a picture of Droitwich? Houses yeah, and so things? Yeah, so it's all housed, different the, buildings, yeah, and okay. like St Andrew's Hotel and all the other, and um, sorry, um, the Raven Hotel and all the different things. So now they've got um, a piece next to it with numbers telling you what building's which. So I'll tell you where it is. You know when you just go into Droitwich, if you walk past the church on your left mm. and you're just about to go into the shopping centre bit, it's right there on the wall. So have a look. It's one of them that you would walk past and just take for granted, which is what I think a lot of the Droitwich people did. And then all of a sudden they must have gone, oh, no, it's not here anymore. It's, it's, it's so badly damaged. But it's returned to its former glory. But the event on Friday, because it was, it was um, unveiled on, in May, the actual mural, the New Look mural. The event on Friday was this, this, this amazing plaque, and it's got a QR code on. So what you can do is you can scan your phone, and it takes you to an audio tour where... They'll tell you all about the uh, the different buildings and stuff. So, what you can do is, if you're obviously, I mean, I'm, I said I said myself, um, you'll hear it in a minute in the interviews. I'm quite lazy. If I get to a castle, I love a good audio talk because mm. it, it cuts out a load of reading, and you can actually look up at the buildings and and um, explore while you're listening. You see, um, whereas this, obviously, you can do that with this. You could look at the mural if you're if you've got full vision, but if you're blind or partially sighted, as you're feeling the um, buildings on the mural, you'll be able to hear a little bit about them. This sounds amazing to me. Is this a new thing? Like QR I know, codes. I, I know QR codes have been around for a yeah. while, but are there like lots of historical places around the country? I don't know. We'll have to look into that. I know because I just love that idea, and I've mm. never done it. I just yeah. think it's such a so great idea. So you love the old uh, English heritage where they give you the little phone thing, yeah. and you just know you can plug your headphones in. Um, but I spoke to um, the mayor of Troitwich, 
Helen Karkashian, who's the um, chairman of um, the Joy with Charts Network. Not a sister which of Kim. The, no, Karkashian, no, not, not Dashian. Kar- <laughs> uh, so I spoke to her. Um, she's the chair of, of uh, Joy with Charts Network, which led the campaign. And I also spoke to Alan Davey, who's a historian, who they said on the day, without him, it wouldn't have been possible. So let's hear from them now. And I'm here with Droitwich Spa Mayor, or Mayor of Droitwich Spa. I never know which way around it is. Mayor of Droitwich Spa, Tristan, if you don't mind. (laughs) The Mayor of Droitwich Spa, Bill Moy, who is, um, he's here to tell us a little bit about the unveiling of this memorial, this, uh, not a memorial, sorry, a plaque, um, which will give us more information on the mural, won't it? Well, that's exactly right. The plaque uh, gives a, a complete description of what's actually on the mural. And uh, the innovative part about the plaque is you can offer your mobile phone up to it and it actually gives you uh, a verbal readout of what's actually on the mural. It's absolutely fantastic. And whilst I'm talking to you, Tristan, if you don't mind, I would like to mention the people of Dan, Droitwich Arts Network in the town, for all the wonderful work they've done in securing this mural for years to come. And with me I've got Helen, the chairman of Dan, got that right, and uh, the Droitwich Arts Network, which campaigned tirelessly really, I think it's fair to say, to get the mural unveiled, so, no, well restored first and then unveiled in May this year, and it's a beautiful piece. And now, as well as the beautiful piece, we have some information to go with it, don't we? We do, we've got a plaque, one of our members suggested that because the mural is ceramic and is tactile and is very textured uh, it would be good to have information for people who are blind and because we've got the school for the blind in Hereford and Worcester and we do have blind people visiting Droitwich it seemed a very good idea to have um, information on a QR code because normally when people are blind they normally have a sighted person with them and once they've got the QR code photographed they can listen to all the information on the plaque and then they can feel the buildings that are being discussed. Yeah, because I mean, I, I mean, it's an amazing visual piece obviously. It is um, It's beautifully restored. And, um, and then by the, the actual original lady who did it 40 years ago. Yes, I know. It's incredible, isn't it? The, it's uh, amazing. The black dog as um, well, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's right. Really interesting. And um, she was delighted to see it up, back up, up on the wall again. But um, our main trouble was trying to find who owned the wall, and that took a lot, lot of organising and um, discussing and debating. And but you're a tenacious and, lot, Dan. Oh, we are. Indeed we are. <laughs> and you can't let a, a piece like this no, go Alan, to rack and ruin. No, and Alan Davey has been particularly... I mean, Peter Hawkins was very good at getting it all started. But then Alan Davey, the last two years, he's really tirelessly... It really has um, been writing, writing, phoning, you know, emailing, and uh, just to get it back to back on the wall and now, in this good state. And something to be proud of now for Droitwood. Yeah, well, not only proud of, you can actually tell which of the buildings is. Because yes. I, suppose, I suppose if you're a local, if you're a resident, you probably know the, um, the actual buildings, or you'll be able to hazard a guess. Yes. Whereas if you're new to Droitwood as well, I suppose it's yes. not just... The... And we have a lot of new building projects and people coming into Droitwood now. A lot of new people who, who never saw these in their original glory. So, um, so they know it will be, it'll be a very useful piece for peop- new people coming to the town to know, as well as visitors. Well, I think it is, there is a danger, isn't there, if you live in a place, to say, oh, we haven't got this and this other area's got this yeah. and we haven't got that and that other area's got yes. that. 
But whenever I bring, I mean, I'm from Birmingham, obviously. But when I when I bring, no. you wouldn't tell from the accent. I'm but born in Birmingham. Oh yeah, well. yeah. But your accent's a little bit different. Uh, but then when we, uh, but when I bring people to Joyrich, they are so impressed. They just think it's a lovely town. Well, there's so much going on all the time. Mm. Every night there's something going on. I mean, I'm going next week, week after. I'm going to the Old Cock Inn to watch somebody, a local person, make a longbow. He makes longbows for the for we'll, have to, we'll have to get that in the paper and on the website as well. Yes, it's fascinating. And it loves really... its history as well, doesn't oh, it? it does. Does. Definitely. Yes, so, it does. So, yeah, so what would you say to people? Just come down and have a look. Absolutely. Come down and have a look. And a lot of people aren't aware it's here, even if they come into Deutsch every day, because it is tucked away a little bit in the corner. But if they say, if they come to the Morso Cafe, it's very close to that, and they can really enjoy looking at it. And also, I suppose, with the, with the little bit of background information given on the audio um, files, oh, yes. then that will probably be... There will probably be information there that people from Droidwich don't know oh, about it. more than likely. Yes, so it's certainly well worth getting the QR code onto your phone and um, having a really enjoying the facility that we have here now for the mural. I'm here with Alan Davey, historian, I think that's a fair title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> historian of Droidwich Bar. And we're at this beautifully restored mural, which was opened in May. And now this is the next stage. Tell us about the next stage. Well, the next stage is to perfect this QR code system. And uh, the idea came from my wife. She said, why don't you do it this way? Um, Because we were struggling with the project of letting blind blind people. The mural is tactile, and so people can feel their way around it. But there is nothing to tell them what it's all about. So we can have a braille explanation. to get anything on Braille, that had to be a huge plaque and was going to be quite expensive. And uh, my wife said, well, nobody blind is going to come round here and look at the mirror or even touch it unless you've got a friend with them who can see. So, Because I suppose you need someone to explain what, what it is you're touching, I suppose. That's it, yeah. So um, it's all now on the um, QR code. So once you scan the QR code, then I believe you um, it'll give you like an audio description of uh, yeah. of, of the mural. Yeah. yeah. At the moment, it's me telling the story of, of what happened, but that's going to be worked on and be more informative than it is at the moment. Okay, yeah. so it's a work in progress. Work in progress. The other thing is, will everybody's smartphone pick it up? It may not. I'll try it on this one <laughs> in a minute, but um, I'm. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit lazy as well. I don't like reading loads when you go to these castles and things. And audio tours. If, I, if, if there is an option of an audio tour, I'll always have it because it is a great way to... And it's always nice when somebody else is telling the story, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we start off being taught uh, stories as a kid, don't we? And uh, it is nice to be told all about it from, from an audio point of view. Yep. If you're interested in it, you need to know how to get further information. The other thing, of course, is to make, pay a visit to the museum. We're only just up the road. But that's already on, telling people to do that. It's already on there. And I mean, this mural, if people haven't been, I can't believe anybody hasn't seen this, because obviously if you've been to Droidwich, obviously people who are listening to this who might not have been to Droidwich might not have seen it, but it has got all the key points in the town, isn't it? Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people have been lived in Droidwich for years and years and years, and you say, well, um, where do you think that is? And they don't know. And they don't know. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the mural, and come down. And the good thing is, as well, is actually this as well, as well as the plaque, we've got this where it's, a, it's like a number, a number coordination. And it'll tell you exactly which building is which in this. I can't believe how beautiful it is. They've done a brilliant job in restoring it, haven't they? Yes, they did. Yes. And well done to Dan as well, the Droitwich Arts Network, and yourself for this campaign. So there it is. So if you're in Droitwich, 
Uh, make sure you go and have a look at the uh, mural, or if you if you are uh, blind or partially sighted, don't forget you can get the extra audio tour there, and we'll hopefully that'll be used. I'll surely they'll have a, a website statistic thing uh, where they'll be able to see how many people go on and uh, and use the audio tour. So hopefully that'll be used by lots of people. Now let's move on to sports. It's very obviously we've had sport in the first part of the program, so let's go back to sport now. Uh, Bromsgrove Sporting. Best performance of the season, apparently, last night. I love the fact that we're doing so well. I thought we, Jason Cowley was our lucky, lucky guy, but we've, we've got. They're in, they're he's been, been scoring as well for Stephen. Oh, we've been keeping an eye on him. Ooh. I think he's got three goals in three games, but that's good. Good luck to the lad. But let's focus on sporting. 4 0 win last night against Hensford Town, who were a massive force to be reckoned with. I mean, they did like giant killings in the FA Cup and stuff, and now they're playing at this level. But Bromsgrove Sporting, they were top of the table, Hensford Town, and Bromsgrove turned around for 4 0 at home. This is amazing. And and they had the highest attendance last night, 845 people on a cold Tuesday night. Wow. So that's really good. Um, we had goals from Westwood after 19 minutes, Hayward after 55, Taylor after 66, and Gregory after 84. And they're now 10th. They're four, they've gone up four places after last night. Hensford are no longer top. And then um, they've got four points off the playoff, six points off second, and seven points off the top spot. This is brilliant. I remember you had um, one of the players on last year. Oh, yeah, it was and the, he was uh, the saying, assistant manager, yeah. And he was saying how important it is to have your fans there because it makes uh, all the difference. Do you know does. what? This this could be one yeah. of the secrets. I know they're amazing, but this is... No, you know, no it is. They've got an amazing following. Yeah. And we need to keep this up now because they always say in football, where you are at Christmas is normally where you finish oh, right. roundabouts. So if we can get up there into like, the playoff places, I mean, they're only four points off the playoffs, a couple more wins and a couple of slip-ups above or actually beating the teams above takes them into the playoffs and then that's how they got through last season bit too much drama for, for a lot of fans like it but if, if it's a way of promotion and you're not going to get the top spot then that's the way forward they've got Nuneaton Borough on Saturday now Bromsgrove are in um, when did I say they were 10th or not 10th yeah so Bromsgrove are in 10th um, Nuneaton Borough who they're playing are three points off Bromsgrove so Bromsgrove could feasibly go above them um, Nuneaton Borough in 8th and um, then on the 11th, um, uh, sorry, in 11th place is Barwell. And they're playing them next Tuesday away from home. So that could mean then um, that two more wins. They could be really close to the playoffs by this time next week. So good luck to Sporting. Um, get yourself um, following them, you fans out there. And then Droitwich Spa, just when you thought Bromsgrove, everything Bromsgrove does, Droitwich Spa always has to come and... And give it some as well. And they made history last weekend. What did they do? They had an amazing win. They beat Whitchurch Allport um, 2-0 at home. Jordan Cox scored two goals. And it was the first round of the FA Vars. They've never got that far before. And now they're going even further. But it's going to be a tough test. They're away at Lytown. You'd probably want a home tie if you can, um, really, in the cup. Because, it'll, A, you get the, the, the money coming in. And, B, it also means that you uh, have a bit of a home advantage in all your supporters. But Lytown's not far away. So, Droitwich are in step seven. And Lytown are in step five. So, these are two divisions above Droitwich. So, it's going to be a tough game. Um, but that's the draw. Um, I haven't checked the date of that yet, but it's, it's in up for a few weeks. Um, but hopefully, then Droitwich can beat Lytown and make even more history by getting into round three of the FA Files. How good would that be? Amazing. Um, so, Droitwich are one of the two lowest placed teams left in the competition. So, it just shows a lot of the lower teams have gone out, but Droitwich are still there. Saturday, Droitwich have got Tipton Town. They're in sixth. Droitwich are currently in ninth. There's three points difference. Um, Droitwich 
which are 11 points off the top spot, but with four games in hand because they've played all these cup matches. So if they did win all those, football folk will tell you, we want the points on the board, we don't want the games in hand because you've still got to win the games in hand. But if Droitwich were to win those four games in hand, they would be top of the league. And then they've got um, Bromyard Town as well. Um, That's next week. So they've got two away games. So it's going to be a little bit tougher, I think. Although I think they've been doing better away than they are at home. Um, so if Droitwich win those two games... Maybe we need some Droitwich fans to get are. out there and get along. I think there are, fans. I think there are quite a few Droitwich fans, but who, if you're listening... Who would you support if you if Droitwich were playing Bromsgrove, Tris? As the local editor, doing both know. papers, it's who too, would you choose? I don't know. I, I, think, <laughs> I, don't think that, I think that's like asking you to choose between your kids and stuff. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh. Maybe. Very big thank you to Alan Gormley from, for coming in um, to discuss... The, uh, the Making Bromsgrove, the walking sports centre of excellence. So we'll be keeping tabs on that and supporting it all the way. Um, if you might want to try these walking sports coming up, don't forget we've got the walking football and walking hockey daytime sessions coming up. So give those a go. And we'd love to hear from you about what you think of them. Uh, maybe on our letters page or, or we could read out some comments on this podcast. Um, don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We've got daily updates on our websites every day, bromsgrovestandard.co.uk, droidwitchstandard.co.uk and the uh, social media platforms are where all the conversations are happening. So make sure you get on those. And all that's left to say is we'll see you next week. But don't forget to listen to the Reddit Standard podcast as well and hear um, the story of Amelia from the point of view of uh, Amelia's mum, Lisa. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. (laughs) 